Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix versus Cinema, the podcast that tries to answer that question, Netflix or Cinema. At the moment, that is a question that has a very simple answer. Netflix, stay at home. You can't, you can't really go anything. You're not going to go and like, you know, pick at a cinema and ask it to open just so you can watch a film. My name is Tosin. I am your host based up in the Midlands, somewhere near Coventry. And joining me on the Isle of Wight is Sharon. Hello. And joining me for the first time in our lockdown series on the Isle of Wight is Sean. Hi, everyone. Welcome, Hello. Welcome back home, Sean. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so you, you, you've you gone back to the island. And I think first and foremost, we need to ask, have you spoken to your mom since you left? How is your mom? How's your mom yes. up without um, you? Yes. She's, yeah, she's, um, she said she... Her hips hurting and all that sort of stuff. No, no, she's doing fine. She's she's doing really, really fine. And it's really lucky that I went because things are a bit more relaxed. My sister's actually gone down and sat in the garden. Yeah. So you know, they've sat outside. So so there's you know feels you can do that now. So that's pretty good. Good. Stuff. So yeah. So she's she's holding she's holding up really well. She's just a bit she's a bit worried about this hip thing. Saying oh I hope it's just a she doesn't want a hip operation because otherwise she'd be immobilised. But yeah. She said but so. So yeah, but no, she's doing well. She's doing all right. I did speak to her uh, about what, five o'clock ish. So I spoke to her for a little while about five o'clock. Yeah, she's fine. Oh, right, cool. Send send our love, will you? I will do. I will and, do. And, and I'll speak on behalf of all of our Netflix or cinema li- listeners. Send our love to your mum. Okay. <laughs> I will. I, I, I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know that the sun's been out. You've been meeting up with people. I know that on Facebook, I saw you met up with uh, our good friend Joe. Joe, formerly of our podcasting team, so uh, like yeah, I saw you having like a cornetto in his in his garden, and, uh, uh, and I was kind of like you know, I was like, oh, that's nice, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, it was it was. I mean, he's he's been looking after a bed for me, and I needed a bed, so I needed the the thing for the bed. So I sort of texted him and said, oh, if you leave it in the front garden, I can put it in my car, and we go. And he was sort of by the front door. I loaded the the bed up, and he said. I'm pretty sure we'd be all right if we went in the back garden and 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 I said yeah that'd be nice so we went and then we so we walked around the little shop like but it's quite funny it's like a like he took the lead and I was like straggling behind and on the way back <laughs> I took the lead and he was like straggling behind but yeah so we and then we went in the back garden and um we had uh, I sat one end he sat the other end and we had the corner and we spoke about what did we talk oh we just spoke about everything we spoke about well no not everything but we just had a really good laugh. Yeah. I'm trying to even think what we had a laugh. Oh yeah, no, I did, but I won't tell you what we had a good laugh. About. But um, it's a bit rude. But yeah, no, it was great, and we had a nice, nice conversation about stuff that was going on, and now everyone is, and he, he sends his love to everybody and to to our friend John as well. You know John, don't you? Yeah, uh, John, happy John. Yeah, happy. yeah. But a regular post because listeners might hear him or might have heard of him being spoken about as Happy John. In, in, in quite a, yeah, is, is, that, is that ironic or, or is that ironic or sarcastic? I'm not sure which one it is, but yeah, happy John he is. Uh, happy John. Well, yeah. he comes across as being quite um, sort of dour because he's, he's not smiling, yeah. he's not laughing, but he's, he's a really lovely, compassionate, warm, 
lovely guy. Yeah, <laughs> and he so really is. He's one of those people. He's like he'll re- he's been reaching out to everyone. He's been calling people. He's been texting them. He's been like doing a walk by so people can have a conversation with a real person. Yeah. He's been he's been amazing actually during this whole lockdown thing. So he's we call him Happy John, so ironically because he's not someone who is like laughing all over his face but he's this really warm compassionate guy and i you know we do value him even though we may tease him yeah i think think he's he's 20 years from being seen as curmudgeonly yeah Uh, yeah hiding yeah yeah. this heart of gold so yeah i think and he does with all affection we think he's lovely but yeah (laughs) and he does have moments he does have moments where he actually chuckles sometimes he doesn't show it very much but he sort of a little a little chuckle (laughs) And um, and he has got a really, really wicked sense of humour, actually, deep down, isn't he? He's quite, he's quite yeah. Right. So yeah, we will book up. We'll big up Happy John. He's one of our yeah. pals. Big up Happy yeah. John. Big up Happy John. And um, uh, Sharon, how have you been doing? How how have things been going in the last week? Is it same, same, but different? Yes, I think. Oh, like we we have to look at the calendar to work out what the date is and what day it is. Even we've lost track of all. Time has no meaning anymore. And you Crazy. think, what have we done today? And you've got all this sort of, to anyone else, it was probably like a load of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Our days are filled with trivial pursuits. We are we are living trivial pursuit. Uh, but, you know, it's for us, the lockdown has been quite good. <laughs> good. We have had no drama and no trauma in our household. So I think we've been you know we could be thankful for that but yeah it's been a quite a an easy lockdown for us personally yeah and we've been going out i would take my mum actually we've only just started to go out once a week again we make we drive around and if we can't if we don't feel it's safe to get out of the car we don't even get out of the car yeah if, like we see someone in the car park that isn't we can't park like at least three car spaces away we're like we won't park here yeah and so we normally go to the back of the white where there's no one about and we've walk along a cliff path where there's you know, no one in sight. Because if anybody's been to the Isle of White, to... the Isle of Wight might be isolated, but the West White is proper isolated. It's proper, yeah. There's At night, you can see the whole of the, the Milky Way because there's no, <laughs> there's no light there. There's no one living there. And so we actually ventured somewhere a bit more populous. We actually went to cows this week for the first Ooh. time. And we were thinking we're going to risk encountering people and actually it was fine we everyone was very safe about their distances so mum and i are venturing out into the wider world <laughs> yeah uh, this, uh, <laughs> this week i actually started considering you're talking about coming up with trivial pursuits and stuff i started considering coming up with a <laughs> coming up with a, a film quiz for my nephew and nieces that I, that we could play like you know over whatsapp <laughs> or something or whatsapp video because if you remember yatish who um who was on the show a couple of weeks ago and who, whose kids watched Bill and Ted and gave us like, you know, our youngest ever reviews of Bill and Ted on the, uh, <laughs> on the show. Yeah. They have somehow got, gotten convinced that Uncle Tosin knows everything about film. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so they have this... Well, you do... You, unreasonable assumption to make. I was going to say, considerable knowledge of film. Uh, hey, I don't care. I mean, if, if, they, if it makes me cool in their eyes, I am, I am all for that. I'm, <laughs> I'm all for kids thinking I'm awesome until they realize otherwise. And, uh, and so I was actually thinking, I was thinking, I, I could come up with like a quiz that we could pay, play because I've given them a challenge. I was like, if they can find something that I know nothing about, I've got to get them something. <laughs> but, but yeah, but I was also thinking about, uh, I was doing song lyrics from films and I'll say one line and they have to say the next, they have to sing the next lyric back at me. So that's kind of what's been taking up my time a bit, but that, <laughs> that might be coming soon to a kid near you. But, <laughs> uh-huh. cool. all right. 
Yeah, now a couple of things. Um, last week that that when I came from last week, so you know our sort of side game that we we've been playing, which is bigger because oh, for anybody who's listening to you, I should explain what the heck happens on the show now. If you're listening to your for for the first time, and you're thinking Netflix versus cinema. You're thinking, hang on a second, how do they do Netflix versus cinema when cinemas are closed? Usually, we do go watch three things on Netflix, three things on cinema. We weigh them up against each other, and then we take an average of the scores and we say where have we had the better time this week. Which who has the highest rating this week? Is it Netflix or cinema? And then that's who wins. So this time around, what we're going to do is we're going to have a little bit about viewing, uh, our viewing practices in a lockdown. We're going to have a little bit about viewing practices in a lockdown. We're going to have, um, uh, then we'll have an interview where we're going to speak to somebody who's like a cinephile, a cinema lover, and talk to them a, a couple of interviews about them and about cinema, what they think about it and all that. And then we'll round up with some, with some random stuff that we like. And it's fun for us listening. And hopefully it's not that painful for you to listen to. So, but... One of the things that has come up is that Sean started playing this game of what do people look like based on what they sound like, <laughs> and we didn't do it last week. No, we didn't. We didn't do it. Uh, it was it was super fan Nina, and I was trying to figure out where, if that was because somehow, seeing as she's been hanging around the show since the beginning and like commenting and all that, whether we actually know what she look. Well, I know what she looks like, but I was wondering whether you guys know what she looks like. So, did, is it just that you guys know what she looks like? Or did you? Well, was was it that I was just so out of it I forgot to ask us to play it? I don't know what she looks like. I get. I no. think I know, but um, I'm not sure because <laughs> uh. she has liked a few of our posts. So I have seen her like Facebook thumbnail. Um, oh right, but okay. I haven't enlarged oh, it. So I, I just think, I think of her as like a little pixie. <laughs> <laughs> I would just think, yeah, dark hairs, dark eyes, but just a little, a little, yeah, a little dark pixie. <laughs> <laughs> Super bad, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> dark hair, dark eyes, little pixie. Sean, any, any, any second, um, any response, any repost. Well, I, I, I don't know. I just got the impression maybe she was a bit, a bit like, um, a bit like your wife, really. I was, I was thinking sort of similar, similar, similar to your wife, maybe. Okay, all right, okay, cool, cool. I mean, for those, who, for those who haven't met my wife, for those who haven't met my wife, and uh, would you want to describe that? Um, yeah, it's just a, a, a really, really lovely, <laughs> lovely, 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 beautiful lady. Yeah, run, run about so. five foot, five foot tall, five foot nothing. About five foot tall, yeah. Five, five foot nothing. Um, so a little pixie then. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So about that height, but I would think about that height, same frame probably as Claudia. Same, you know. Um, I describe her as huggable. I describe my wife as huggable. Okay. Huggable's good, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, but I mean, don't really know. So I do apologise if, uh, you know. But that's that, that's the impression I got. Very similar to maybe, maybe, maybe slightly taller than than Bowie. Sure, sure. No need to feel bad about it. She's the one who saw your picture and went, "Sean looks like that." Oh, right. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Excellent. Right, cool. I wonder what she. It'd be interesting to know what her. Uh, uh, First picture. That'd be that'd be a good one as well, wouldn't it? It, it would be. What, it would be a good one. They, I mean, they I mean, could do vice versa. I mean, we, we've kind of ruined it a bit because we started putting like you know those sort of Zoom cl- snippets up on social media. Yeah. So some people do know what we look like, but uh, but apart from that, yeah. If anybody is listening to this and you haven't gone onto our social media, you haven't seen any of our Zoom, and you want to have a guess of what it is that we look like, send them in because they're hilarious. <laughs> they're <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> the, Sandy eventually got back and. Because obviously, Sandy, 
was listening to the uh, the one that we did about what Patrick looks like, and she was cracking up. She had to get in touch with me and be like, "Oh my god, you guys!" <laughs> she found it hilarious, <laughs> especially her our descriptions about her. I mean, or your your descriptions about her. She's quite hilarious. And also on the subject of people who look like other people, last week one of the things that we put up on social media was Sean saying that from a certain angle when I was on Zoom last week with the sun shining on my face and everything like that, I looked a little bit like Brock Peters. I didn't know who Brock Peters was, to my shame. I went and looked it up. He was obvious. He was um, in To Kill a Mockingbird. Kill a Mockingbird. He was. He started opposite, yeah. opposite uh, Gregory Pegg to Kill a Mockingbird. He ended up in Star Trek in late later on in life. And Sean, I have to say, that that's one good looking guy. Brock Peters was one. <laughs> he was one good looking man. I'm <laughs> so I'll take it. I will take it. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I will take it, and it might it might be the vanity talking, but Sean, I totally totally see what you mean. Yes, uh, I totally look like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I totally see it. Yes, it's it's, it's just it's just wonderful. <laughs> and, and I have to tell you, like, because obviously I saw pictures of him when he was older, and just before we went on air, we were talking about how when you grow, yeah. Yeah, so it's like we're, we're talking about we're talking about like you know when you grow older, like how you end up with hair growing up in, growing up in on, <laughs> growing up in unhelpful places of your body, and I have to say like looking at pictures of Brock Peters when he grew older, if I look like Brock Peters, things look good for me. <laughs> things bode, <laughs> things do bode well for me. <laughs> That was that was that was Dan that just popped into the the picture there. Um, it's my so, landlord. Yeah, and, uh, Sean's landlord just popped into the picture. Yeah, <laughs> just and um, just in the back garden, we're gonna. He's, I've had permission to set up a cinema. So, so, so you know, an outdoor Ooh. outdoor cinema. So I need Sharon's to invest idea. in a hazmat suit then, so I can come along. Well, there's plenty. Look, can you... Sean, you've just muted yourself. Oh, yeah. Have I was I? just going to say, can, oh, Sean did. Can you, yeah, I did. That was me. I put my thumb on the yeah. on the mute button. Have I, you got me back now, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we got yes. you back. We got you back. I've, I broke, I've broken your door, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, right? I'll tell you what. Seeing as we what? came up, uh, we came up with the idea of drive-in cinemas. So, I don't see why you shouldn't you shouldn't benefit from it. I mean, set up a. I screen. know that's what I thought. Yeah, set up a screen, yeah, yeah. charge some tickets, get people to stand at a distance. <laughs> it is a big enough. Well, I think we yeah, got a nice sized garden there. Yeah. I know. I was going to say that people could bring seats, and it's, it's sort of got a nice slope on it, so it's like a you know, so, so you could stagger. put seats, you could distance yourself, and and damn. I might get one of those golfing. Actually, I might get one of those golfing tents. You know, the ones with the clear cellophane <laughs> thing that can go around them. Well, just... I can zip myself in. I'm fine, and I'll be fine. Oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Oh, Sean, you've you've just given me an idea. You've given me an idea for a house that I'm looking at that I'm hoping to live in someday. Oh. It has it has oh, wow. a big Good, long yeah. garden. It has a big long garden. Yeah. yeah, that that could be. Something I just else. I just I just thought I was talking and it sort of got a slant. It sort of goes up at the garden, and all he needed was a screen. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a HD projector. Yep. So oh. perfect. Oh. It's just a sound That's thing. Promising. I don't. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a sound thing. I don't know, but there's but, ways. So of- yeah, so. There's ways of doing that, but we'll have to. But yeah, there's a Bluetooth. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Toast. Ooh, ooh, that, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So <laughs> the first one is if if you can get down as well, you can stay with you can bring because I mean my room I got a spare futon thing, so I'll keep on the couch. You guys can have that room. Um, and when we when we have our first cinema showing, we'll have Happy John, Sharon obviously. Perhaps we'll invite Joe. Perhaps Toast come down. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. sounds like sounds like a plan. Okay, so when when things get better, when when things okay. get better, and we're allowed in each other's houses. So now we uh um we have to move on uh, to an actual bit where we actually talk about film or TV or something <laughs> or something. So <laughs> so oh uh, this this is the this is the designated Netflix bit of the show. This is the designated bit where we talk about what it is we have been watching recently, what we're watching on streaming sites, and what we think about them. Anything from you two of you? Yeah. Um John. Uh, yeah, well okay. I watched one. You go and then Tony. Okay, no, okay. Sharon. Sharon go. <laughs> Okay, I have seen the series on Netflix, White Lines. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've, been s- I've seen a thumbnail for that. What is that about? 10. In the top ten. It basically, it's a starts off with like a murder mystery. A woman, um, a body is found in the Alamira Desert where they film all the Good, the Bad and the Ugly films. Ooh. And they found a body in there after a flash flood in the desert and it uncovers this partially mummified body. And when he is pulled out and they examine him, they realise he's a DJ that went missing in the mid-90s. He was part of the rave scene in Ibiza and he went missing and he's never been heard of again. People thought he cleared off to Goa and just disappeared into like a drug haze somewhere. And then his sister turns up to find out basically what happened to him. And then she follows basically his footsteps back to Ibiza where he was a very popular rave DJ. And she meets up with basically the people who are involved in his disappearance the his best friends there was this this two rival um like crime gangs who run the city and the people who work for them so over sort of i think it's eight or ten episodes you you follow her footsteps as she tries to work out what happened to her brother Ooh. and then you get flashbacks to her brother and then the 90s rave scene in ibiza so it's got a bit of everything in it um yeah so it's a murder mystery with thrown in with some sort of rave 90s nostalgia but there's plenty of uh, drugs use, for hence the white lines. They were involved yeah. in the drug scene then and now. Uh, there's there's lots of violence in it. And there's some gruesome moments. There's some shocks and thrills. So yeah, I thought it was a a, um, an, a good thing. Not not something I would normally be drawn to. It's something I would tend to go like, no, nah, not for me. I wasn't into the rave scene. I wasn't into going to Ibiza or any of those things. So that sort of passed me by largely in the 90s. But I thought it was an interesting premise, so I've got time. So I, I sat and watched that over a couple of evenings. So, so yeah, I thought it was um, worth a visit. So it's, it's kind of like an amateur detective kind of thing? Yes, it, that is what it starts off as, but then it becomes, it goes twisting off really some strange directions. There's some really weird stuff going on in the lives of some of these people. And there you are, these red herrings are thrown at you from every direction. Sometimes you don't know what's real, whether it's a drug-induced fake memory, whether it's all a bit mad. Uh, so it's a quite an extraordinary bonkers thing. So to say it's like a murder mystery makes it sound a little bit Miss Marple when it is nothing like that at all. <laughs> it's Miss Marple high on, you know, psychotropic like <laughs> drugs. Miss Marple for That's the, the right 90s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so how many stars did you give it? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was well worth the watch. Very sweary, very violent, lots of drugs misuse. Um, so it watched with caution, but I would say it was a four. It yes. certainly kept me watching wow. it the whole way through. And I came back to finish it off, you know, very, very quickly. So I would say, yeah, it was well worth well worth checking that out. You know, the, it's, it's not my normal fare. 
it's an evidence of my advancing years that I'm I, I've started having thoughts like what the, the the night because when you talk about it, essentially setting it in the nineties and the rave scene of the nineties, it sounds like it's almost kind of like a historical drama. And I'm like, how is that history? How is that like? A, and I'm like, that was that was only, oh my god, <laughs> that that was like twenty five years. I know, I know that's that, bad. That was like twenty five years. Oh my, how do I remember twenty five years ago? <laughs> exactly. But because when I think twenty five years ago, I think nineteen eighty four, and I <laughs> you think uh, no. <laughs> 25 years ago was the mid 90s yeah. yeah so this is set there yeah, mid to late 90s so it's a generation ago <laughs> oh that it's is crazy. crazy that that oh man there's people alive now that were not born when that was set that that is crazy yes. was, anyway sean sean take our minds off it you you were about, okay. to, you were about to say something else i was going to say something else i did um i watched uh, the only thing I've rewatched, I rewatched Avengers Endgame oh, on yeah. TV. Yep. And um, I did actually sit down. I, I mean, I can't rate it yet because it hasn't finished, but I watched two episodes of a thing called um, on Netflix. It was I, I watched it with the landlord. Funny enough, uh, was it something heist? I, I don't know exactly money what heist. it was, but money heist. Money heist. Money heist. Yeah, yeah. It's so, in Spanish, right? That's a Spanish TV. That's show. a Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's dubbed. It's dubbed English, but yeah, the Spanish show. Yeah, that's it. So, so I sat in the front room, but apart from that, I've been. Listening to spaghetti western music and uh, yeah, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> no, really, not a lot, really. Oh yeah, you know, made beds and well, um, made beds, know, moved moved house from Bournemouth to the about, Yeah, probably got yeah. onto a very slow ferry that was maybe not on time. <laughs> so, that's, but... it, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm just trying to think. That's mad. What have I actually done? <laughs> oh yeah, pro- probably probably just sort of getting sorted out really and. Um, I do seem, yeah, and I do seem to find because because I haven't got a TV rigged up or nothing like that. I seem to spend a lot more time on my laptop. Yeah, looking at um, YouTube Premium. Uh, YouTube, yeah, I've got YouTube Premium, but I think I might. It's not really. I mean, it's a lot of money, isn't it? So I, it came out. It's like eleven pound ninety five, and I because I forgot to cancel the subscription. So Ooh. that's a lot of. That's big bucks. That's how so, they always get you. You get your free month, and then you always forget t- that date yeah. when you join. I thought I thought it was the twenty. I thought it was the twenty seventh of May, but it was the twenty sixth. Oh. And when I went on there, it already it already happened. So so oh, I got another month. Money. So oh. yeah, never mind. All right. So so talking about things that you know, rewatching stuff and talking about Avengers Endgame. So um, with Yatashu, I was just talking about. He said that he found the all nine X Men films on online for twenty nine quid. And he was asking whether it was a good deal. And I was like, my knee-jerk reaction is no, because the recent <laughs> X-Men films have not been that good. So I essentially went through no. each one of them bit by bit and went, okay, that one Does was I good. Does include Logan? It, I don't think it included Logan, because with Logan, there's 10. That's well, right, because that sort hmm. of was a sideways, yeah. it's, you know, it, it's a alternative side, thing. It, it, well, it, it's, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, to be honest with you, the, the history of the X-Men universe and the timeline in X-Men universe is madness. And you will go mad trying to figure out if this thing's supposed to, because it doesn't link up. They, they like, the uh, so, because he started watching the first X-Men movie and I was like, and he was talking about bits of the, at the beginning. So I decided to start watching the first X-Men movie again, which was right at the beginning of the star, of the superhero craze that we have. I actually ended up yeah. saying, like, I said, like, essentially Blade, Blade showed the studios that superhero movies could be profitable. X-Men showed them that they could be blockbusters. And Spider-Man showed them that they could dominate. And I just mm. said, and I also said that in the background, Kevin Feige just sat down and took notes. 
<laughs> and and um the yeah and the, the first x-men movie it, it holds up it actually seriously does hold yeah, up i think that's to me that's the best one the first one uh, i think when the second meet, one the Hugh jackman as logan yeah yeah the second one the second one uh x-men 2 and I have a is, is my favorite one, the Nightcrawler attack sequence in the White House at the beginning of the film. Yes, I uh, yeah. still holds up. It still holds up. And and the, the, but I was watching the X Men first X Men. I was watching it. So I essentially started watching it. And it was one of these things where if I watch a film before, I don't really like watching it again. But I was trying to do something in the background and just go, oh yeah, I forgot to start off in a concentration camp. And oh yeah, the bit with Wolverine and Rogue in the snow. And oh yeah, oh man. And especially because of what's going on in America at the moment. And you're talking about there's this whole bit where you have the Congress and they're trying to decide whether hu- whether mutants are uh evil yeah, or not. and i'm like oh my god this yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. is kind of topical uh, and, mm-hmm. and so I'd, i was just i was like this is it's, it held us I, I did that but i've also watched a film on netflix called the lovebirds which stars oh yeah it stars um isa ray and uh what's his name oh good lord i'm blanking he was in the he was in the big sick uh kumal nanjiani oh i know yeah yes yeah, yeah kumal nanjiani kumal. So it starts Kumail Nanjiani and um, Issa Rae, who you might know better from TV, from TV shows like Insecure and stuff. And it's essentially... So, Sean, you know you've seen um, Queen and Slim. Yeah. The premise yeah. of this film is pretty much like, what if Queen and Slim was a comedy? <laughs> oh, wow. Really? really? It's, it's pre- that's pretty much what the, what the premise is. And it is essentially these two people, when you first meet them, they've had a one-night stand, but they come out and they like each other, so they spend the day together. And then it jumps to four years later. And four years later, their relationship is a little bit like, you know, it's not, it's not all romantic and it's not all like you know a rom-com and then they they there's they sort of like getting up each other the wrong way and all that and when they go out to they go out one night to go for a dinner party and then bless you sean thank you <laughs> yeah i and, tried to stop that it was going to be a loud one yeah and so they, they go out one night to go for a dinner party and when they when they leave the house somebody they run over somebody in a car by mistake but the person gets up gets on his bike and rides off and then someone comes to the car and goes i'm a cop i'm a cop i'm chasing somebody i need to come near your vehicle gets in the car with them drives along with uh, drives along after this person on the motorbike and and and, and they're thinking oh yeah we're, we're part of the policeman we're gonna and then this this policeman runs this person over and then backs up backs up the, over the person and runs this person over on the ground a couple of times oh, and then leaves wow. and so people come up and go oh my god you killed this guy <laughs> and because of some stuff they, they they end up thinking that oh my god we're gonna because he's pakistani she's black they're like there's no way we're gonna be believed the policemen are gonna like totally get us and then it becomes this whole and as only happens in films they decide the only way to get out of this is if we follow the clues we figure out who it was that that guy was and why he killed this other person and then we can hand that guy into the police and then we'll be fine we'll be scot-free and that's the basic (laughs) premise that's the basic premise of the film and then it goes into like a sort of 1980s like you know odd couple sort of comedy like you know like another 48 hours or something like that where they're running around trying to figure the whole thing out and you have a whole bunch of different things that happen that there's a bit where it's like eyes wide shut there's a bit where it's like something else and it's one of those films where you think oh that bit is like that that bit is like in that film that bit is in like in that film and it suffers from one of the things i really don't like you know when you're watching a film and you can tell that there's a lot of scenes that have been improvised oh yeah 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 yes you can tell that there's a lot of films that scenes that you can can tell yeah that'll be improvised because they go on and on and, and you can see that they just had these two people together 
who are funny and they just said, keep coming up with stuff. You say this. So imagine if you said that and then you said that. And you can say that it's improvised. And because it's improvised, the scenes end up going on for a little bit too long. I was watching it with my wife and she couldn't put her finger on what it was, but she was like, are you enjoying this? I was like, mm, it's it's not that good. And, and, I was, and she was like, yeah. <laughs> and so we finished watching it because it's less than 90 minutes. The film's less than 90 minutes, so it's not that big a deal. But at the, but it was kind of like, yeah, see that that's going there, see that that's going there, and then that's where that's going to happen. That's where, and guess what? They're going to get back together in the end and realize, you know what? Maybe there is a spark in their lives. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it, 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 film, it feels like it was a bit of... And I say this knowing that it's not an easy thing to make a film. It's not an easy thing to make a film. And anybody who manages to make a film, it's, it's, even if it's a bad film, it is a, quite a big effort to make the film. It feels like a bit of a lazy yeah. film. That it feels like they didn't, they, they, they didn't do everything that they could to make it funny. They were just like, let's get funny people who have been funny in other things, put them together, and something ba- funny is bound to happen. And I'm like, uh, no, no, it really, it really, really isn't. <laughs> it's not even like one of those things where the people look like they're having fun but the audience isn't it just doesn't really seem to hold together so i would have to give the lovebirds a two out of five. Oh, okay Ooh. yeah Ooh. yeah i mean i i like i like Issa Rae a lot kumal nanjiani i like him in in bits i like him in bits. Mm. I, i'm still not sure i feel like when you give him too much to do in a film his his energy and his shtick were very, very thin on me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but um, yeah. So I would, I would have to give that a two out of five. All right, cool. Ooh, that's really low, isn't it? That's low. <laughs> we've had a low one like that for a while. Yeah, yeah, no. no yeah, it, I think it, we've been a bit more choosy about what we watch. So we. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it was one of those. It was it was literally one of those. You know, that's on there. Shall we have? A, shall we go? Go? Shall we? Shall we chance it? Yeah, let's chance it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Now we get onto the cinema side of the show. As I said uh, previously, um, cinemas are not around at the moment. So what we're doing is we're celebrating cinema. And we're asking somebody four main questions, which are, um, what was the first film you ever saw at the cinema? Well, what was the last film you saw before the lockdown uh, started? What do you think the point of going to the cinema is? Why is it a thing? Why do we keep going? And finally, what are you most looking forward to seeing when cinemas reopen? This week, we have a good friend of mine, Arun Baskaradas. We were actually roommates in... We met at our first day at uni together. We were roommates in the first year at uni together, and we have been friends ever since. With, with uh, And um, yeah, love Arun, love what he had to say, and here's what he did. Good morning, Mr. Baskaradas. Good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. How are you? Sorry, I meant doctor. Dr. Baskaradas. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. <laughs> so, first of all, I just wanted to say... Thank you and welcome to the Netflix versus Cinema interview. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, yes, yes. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know how you're doing, but I've been doing a push-up challenge with a group of friends. My tennis club has recently reopened, so I've been there two days in a row. So my body now aches, and it was an effort to actually roll out of bed this morning. This is very interesting. How many push-ups can you do? Um, well, I've, in a row. Mm. In a row, I think I can just about get to 12. And then I can take a break. Go do it. So what I've been doing because this push-up <laughs> challenge it's supposed to be for something called Headspace. Um, yes. Yeah, and it's a, it's like a fundraiser. So a friend of mine was doing it, and I said, okay, I'm not going to do much fundraising, but I'll I'll help contribute to your total because they give you a target sure. every day. 
So yeah. So and on the they have like this all this long list of things that you can do on the website of how uh, to do push-ups, and they say do yeah. like space it out across the day. So I'll do like mm-hmm. I'll wake up in the morning, I'll do ten, then I'll wait, I'll do some work, then maybe like you know another two hours, I'll do another ten. And so I've oh, done, that's good. Yeah, and so over the course of a day, I think the most I have done has been forty-five so far. I've only been doing okay. it for about two, yeah. two or three days, but um, yeah. now, um, but then the tennis club reopened because obviously the government just reduced they released the lockdown, uh, lockdown restrictions. Mm-hmm. So and tennis is mm-hmm. one of the few things that and I, I play tennis quite regularly. So when there, I've been right, at, right, right, been at the club two days in a row, and that plus plus push-ups mean that at the moment. I feel okay when I'm doing random things when I'm moving, but mm. if I stop and sit down, I'm like, ow. <laughs> yes, or, 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 it's or, those twinges when you're least expecting it. Or if I lie down, I'm like, ooh, ooh. I'm thinking, well, this this will be good. When my body heals from this, it's going to be good because my body will be in a better shape. But at the moment, it's a little yes. bit... Yes. <laughs> it's a little bit... Yes. Yeah. Like a superhero workout. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you that there was a lot of pain before Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Hemsworth looked like they did. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, the 300 workout was meant to be one of the best ones, where the, where the guy's flipping tires, the yes, tractors. Yes, yeah, and there's no way you can tell me that that does not look like pain. That, uh, But it's yeah. funny. So but enough about me. Now we're here to talk about you. And it's funny that you've already spoken up and you've brought up some stuff about superheroes, which I feel might, mm. which I think might feature a bit in what we're about to talk about. <laughs> oh, it might. It might. <laughs> Given that's my favorite uh, film genre. Yeah, favorite film genre. Favorite. Okay, so tell, yeah. tell me, um, this isn't part of one of the questions, but I'm just going to, so how did superheroes yes. become your favorite film genre? Like right about when did it kick in? <laughs> Ooh, good question. I guess I've always been, you know, as a kid, you always play with superhero toys. Um, but what I've been most interested as I've grown, God, I hate to use the word older, but <laughs> <laughs> as you as you mature and you still enjoy these things, you think, why the hell am I still interested in Batman and Superman? And I, I think I'm fascinated by the concept of duality, uh, good versus evil. Um, the concept of superheroes having two identities. Some of them choose to merge the two. Some of them choose to keep the two separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in, you know, in some superheroes movies, they turn bad. In others, there's like a mirror image. Like in Iron Man, there's, you know, a bad Iron Man, uh, Iron Monger. You know, there's, the duality concept keeps popping up. So I find that fascinating. Oh. Um, also, also, I think they, they make great role models. Like growing up, um, apart from your own parents and close family, sometimes superheroes are the biggest and most prominent role model you have in your life about, you know, you should be good to people and evil will, you know, find its place. So I think it's uh, very inspiring. That's why I like superhero movies. And also it's mindless. You can just tune in, <laughs> shut out the world and just enjoy I love the fact you've just gone, whoa, actually, yeah, is this deep thing, constructive thing, and every, oh, and it's also mindless. So it is both deep and mindless. So, yes, exactly. Exactly. Because, because you, you were talking about it, and I was just, you were talking about, oh, this deep thing, and I was like, oh, you were like, oh, as I've grown older, I've wondered how, why am I still into this? I never wondered that. I just went, yay, he yeah. can fly! <laughs> yay, something yes. blew up! Oh, and they have the gadgets. They have gadgets and cars. Yeah, he punched him in the face. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, although it's it's funny that you say that because I think of and I know is this an interview or a therapy session. Oh, but uh, uh, it's funny how often it becomes both. It's funny. It's funny how it becomes both. I don't. I don't definitely for me, it's a bit of therapy with the fact that we don't have cinemas yeah. around at the moment. So it is. Yes. It is a bit of therapy. It's kind of like okay, it's good. Yeah. No, no. The more I speak to people, the more I think it's too important. They won't let it die. It's gonna come back. It's gonna come back in some form. <laughs> Yeah. And so, so to be honest with you, for me, it's a little bit of uh, of therapy in that I just sort of getting to see different points of view and asking people questions and never and hearing the well, hearing answers that I never expected will come out, like what you just yeah. said about about superheroes. But I know that at the moment we're living in people overuse the term "golden age of fill in the blank," the golden age of TV, yeah. golden age of Earth. Mm. Uh, although I, th- I think we are, this is a bit of a of, let's say an important age for superhero movies yeah and i think there's going to be a lot of stuff written about it and a lot of stuff written about why superhero movies became as big as they are now and i yeah, think yeah and i think a big part of it is the fact that they are never really just about somebody punching somebody else in the face and the good yeah, superhero absolutely. movies realize that and make them about something else so it's yeah. uh, maybe there's a vacuum right now how do you mean? Uh, you know, the, the the point I made about role models. Yep. I mean, who do you look up to in the world? <laughs> you know. <laughs> in the political scene? Hmm, not sure. <laughs> okay, we... <laughs> anyway, let's veer away from politics. Yeah, exactly. I was going to be like, this is yeah. this is a rabbit hole I want to stare away from. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'll say, good point, well made, but we might want to stare away from that, that, that particular <laughs> rabbit hole. Especially when you see yeah. where... What country most of the superheroes come from, and who? Are yeah. <laughs> so it's, let's just not go there. Yeah. But, so, but, but I think I think that's a big thing. Is it's like the, for instance, the fact that especially because most of the big superheroes nowadays are written by, well, they come from the stable or come from the line of Stan Lee and Marvel and all that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with I, I don't remember, it's a bit like what you're saying about being a kid. I remember as a kid, um, we growing up in Nigeria, we didn't get that many comic books or we could never follow a comic book storyline because you would get one issue and then you, you didn't yeah. have a clue what the next issue you would get with. So there's storylines right, right, right. that have cliffhangers that I have never resolved. I never knew mm-hmm. what happened. And all we know is well, that even to this day, to this day, yeah, to this day, I don't know <sighs> the storylines that I do not know what happened. I don't know whether Spider Man got out of that thing. I don't know whether he got the girl. I don't know. <laughs> so, oh, no. uh, but but the funny thing is uh, with us, we always had this thing where even at a young age, even at a young age, we sort of noticed that there was a difference between DC and Marvel. In that, yes. in that Marvel, and we couldn't put a finger on it. We couldn't sit down and tell you obviously yeah. well this is blah 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 but we we just we had this we had the term called suffer head which yeah. which literally means like you know suffer head so it's, it's like well, we said that most marvel superheroes are suffer heads in that they would they would suffer that things uh-huh. would things would happen and, oh, it's, and okay. they wouldn't just it wouldn't all be peachy for them they wouldn't just save the 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 girl at the end of the day and oh. go off into the sunset but spider-man who was like you know the big marvel one he would yes. do everything he could to save the city save loads of people's lives but then he'll be late for a date and his girlfriend would dump him <laughs> yeah so they were real and had vulnerability and they had like real and this is something that we noticed even as kids that they had something about them that made they still had bills to pay they still had all this thing it was very rare in the marvel world that you had like superheroes who just seem to be able to afford these lifestyles uh, and have yes. really no consequences. And I think it's because of yes. that, that sort of like social issue thing weaving into it is what I think like when we were kids, a lot of people are 
tuning into without realizing. But yeah, they can relate to it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But but anyway, enough of me mm. talking now. It's, it's about you. It's about me asking you questions. So let's go into the questions that we actually have to ask. Number one. Yes, absolutely. Tell us the story of the first time you ever went to the cinema. So I'm going to talk about two two movies. Yep. Because uh, obviously I'm Sri Lankan by origin. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you about the first Sri Lankan movie I watched and the first um, English movie I watched. Yeah. Um, I think the Sri Lankan movie pipped it to the post. I think I must have been about seven or eight. Yep. And one evening my parents were like, oh, let's let's go watch a Sri Lankan film. And I was like, alarm bells ringing, because Sri Lankan films are three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't even go to the fridge to get a snack if we're in a cinema. So how, how, old are, like, how, how old are you at this point? I think I was seven. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, and they were like, yeah, it's a big screen. There's great atmosphere, lights. It'll be an experience. And I was like, okay, we'll go for it. And went there and the movie was actually not too bad. I, I did find it fascinating. More interesting was the people, the hustle bustle when I went and sat down. Uh, all People from all walks of life coming along. Uh, some people, you know, the the gangs of guys at the back there to scope out the chicks as well as the movie. There was the families trying to have some family time. There's, you know, groups of girls. And, you know, it was just interesting to see society come together yeah. uh, all for these three hours to watch it. And I, and I remember that. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, on a technical note, uh, it was brilliant. It was, you know, loud music, song. Um, everyone really enjoyed themselves. I do remember it being really cringy when the love scenes came on because we couldn't fast forward it. <laughs> so there I was, there I was in between my parents, and you know, the the actor and the actress smooching, and I'm like, where do I look? Like, what do I do? <laughs> And that was that was the worst part of it. <laughs> um, the, the 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 best part was normally my parents fast forward the fight scenes, and they couldn't. <laughs> so I was like, "All right, all right, I can see the blood spattering on the camera." <laughs> you know, I was able to really appreciate those moments. Um, yeah, it was a long three hours. They had an intermission, um, which was like. Wow, people getting up to go to the loo and get ice cream and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, and then not too many more love scenes, which was good. Do you remember uh, what film yeah. it was? It was, a, I remember the actor, Kamal Arsen. Um, he is one of the famous South Indian actors. And I can't remember the title. Um, I must ask my parents. Yeah, and I'll, I'll let you know later if I remember what it was, but I wouldn't advise you to go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> better, better left unsaid. Um, okay, so what's, what's, what's his name again? Kumar. Uh, Kamal Hassan. Oh, Kamal. Kamal. Yes. Hassan. Yes. I'm gonna have to go yes. look this guy up now. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah. So that that was his one. Uh, the first ever English movie I watched was Gladiator. Um, what, and again, yes, I know it's late. It's late. I was about 11, I think. And my friend Damien said, Oh, there's this great Russell Crowe film coming out, Ridley Scott film coming out. And, um, we need to go see it. And I've never been to the cinema with my friends. Um, 
uh, until secondary school. So that was the first time. And I was like, no, I'll just wait for it to come out on TV. Or, and he said, no, Arun, this is one you have to see in the cinema. You just won't get that experience ever again in your life. And I was like, surely it can't be that good. And to this day, it's one of my favorite films. And I'm so glad I was convinced to go. Um, the cinematography was out of its world for those days. Yeah. Um, again, seeing the fights, the action on the big screen was amazing. The music's really moving. Hans Zimmer's brilliant, as always. And you really feel the music in your body as you're watching it. Um, so, yeah, epic movie. So glad it was my first one I saw for cinema. And, yeah, it's been imprinted on my mind ever since. It, it, you just wouldn't have felt the same if you just watched it on a small screen. Certainly not on your mobile phone in bed, <laughs> half asleep. <laughs> Well, no, no. Yeah, I guess that's okay if you've if you've already had the big screen thing, and then you can watch it on your phone and go. You know what? I want to see it on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, back. yeah. I guess I guess that that would work. That would work. Oh, so so wait, no. Actually, this was so Gladiator was released in two thousand. Yeah. So you couldn't have been eleven in two thousand. I don't know. It's all blending into one. Maybe I saw an early, early version of it, Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, like Gladiator was actually released eight years beforehand, but uh, well, someone sat on it. Don't fact check this too much. Okay? Just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Gladiator, Gladiator sort of like kicks you. So you see Gladiator in the cinema. So when yeah. after you saw that in the cinema, where was it? How soon was it before you go back into the cinema to actually see another film? Again, I think it was uni. Basically, when you're at secondary school, you don't really you have a bit of a cash flow problem. <laughs> so you can't, you can't just go down to the cinema and watch whatever you want. So it's very rare I went to the cinema. But okay. once I was at uni, um, I went you know once a month. Uh, it, it helped massively that um, you went to the same university as me. Imperial had their own kind of student cinema. Yeah, yeah, that's that, so that is where we met. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have to break the bank to go watch a movie. Yeah, that is um, true. That was that was helpful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and oh. then it's just it's just escapism, really. All right. Okay. And so, um, so Gladiator, first film you saw, in the, first English film you saw in the cinema, yeah, and kicked off like, or would you say, from what you're saying, it sounds like it sort of kicked off a bit of a love of the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The only the only thing I have um worried about in terms of cinema is the cost sometimes and yeah. I, I don't want to put a mute po point on it but you know suddenly an experience can turn into a very pricey one if you take your kids and yeah. popcorn and hot dogs yeah and you think oh should i have just watched this at home uh, <laughs> but you know sometimes that's what you want because it is a day out and you know it's chilled and you don't have to work too hard and it's so much more than just watching on your TV. So there's pros and cons. Well, if everything yeah. in life is balanced, right? It, it, yeah, it, it is. That is one of the the main sort of uh, problems that we've, we've we've been discussing. One of the main issues that we've been discussing on of Netflix or cinema, because especially people with kids, they go, "Oh, for goodness' sake, I spent like about a hundred quid to go see." Mm -hmm. The trolls movie and I hate it. <laughs> like yeah. you know, they come out, they come out thinking that that was not worth a hundred quid. So it's um. Yeah, and it is what we and so that we say that it's just easier to just watch something at home. Uh, it's it's a problem that we find, and it is something like uh, the the episode of the podcast that has gone up this week that we're talking. 
um, the, yeah. the lady in it, Sandy, she's talking about that. She's saying that when cinemas do come back, that they do have to up their game. And by mm. upping their game, she doesn't mean go more expensive because she doesn't like going more expensive is not it. It's about the experience yeah. and what you can give people. Mm. And there's got to be a way of giving people an experience without without putting out a price that makes them go, oh, no, forget that. It's prohibitive. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, <clears throat> let's let's move on with the rest of our questions. What was the last mm. film? Mm. What was the last film you caught at the cinema before the lockdown? Oh, the last film, easy. That was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an accidental gem. Yeah. Because my kids were like, oh, let's go watch Sonic. And I was like, uh, okay. We, we, you know, we have the computer game. I hadn't even watched the trailer. Normally, I'm, I always check the trailer. I check Rotten Tomatoes. And I think, okay, this is going to be okay. Or avoid, like, the plague. And I didn't even check it. I was like, you know what? They've, you know, haven't gone anywhere with them let's just go let's just get some hot dogs that's dinner sorted we'll just go there sit down they won't be fighting <laughs> something on screen and that'll take them nicely up to bedtime uh fabulous perfect end to the, the day so we went there and it was an unexpected surprise like jim carrey popped up on the screen as yeah. dr eggman and I, I didn't even know he was in it and i was like he was great i loved it so yeah really enjoyed that yeah, so Sonic the Hedgehog is so is surprisingly good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I loved I love I loved the backstory in terms of the fact that they had to spend billions to redraw Sonic to, <laughs> just for the fans, and I thought, you know, that's true true dedication to the fans. Well, I, I, okay, okay, fine. I, I think you you look at it with the through the romantic eyes. I look at it through the sort of cynical eyes, which is that they released the, this is you're talking about how they released the first trailer and yeah. it blew up because everyone was like, "What? What have you done to Sonic? He looks he looks like some weird mutant kind of like he, he looks like you know, he looks like a victim of bad plastic surgery." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks oh, awful. People said all sorts of stuff about it, but to be honest with you, I didn't really I didn't notice until I actually looked at pictures of what Sonic actually looks like from the games and I was like, "Oh yeah, he does look weird." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think I think what happened is that the, the film studio saw the reaction yeah. and went, guys, we're going to lose a heck of a lot of money if we release the film yeah. like this. Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, so they were like, take it back, redesign this thing, give the people what they want because then we might make some money. I actually don't know how much money it made in the end, but it, it did end up being like a, a... But I think yeah, I agree with you. The, the backstory is fascinating as to what yeah. happened in the background between in Sonic and how Jeff Fowler... The director had to come online yeah. and go, all right, guys, um, we've heard your complaints and uh, we're going to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we'll see more of this. I think we'll see more of a relationship between filmmakers and the audience. Um, and maybe, you know, we'll get to decide the storylines and, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to go, but there's going to be a lot more of that, I think. The there's, I mean, that sometimes it can work, but there have been some areas in which that has definitely not worked. Like um, the film Snakes on a Plane. Uh, oh, yeah. The film Snakes on the Plane. This, they, so apparently Samuel L. Jackson decided to yeah. be in this film. This is, We've been talking about film, in the last episode of the podcast, we were talking about film titles and how film titles have gotten worse as the years have gone right, right. And how hmm. there's some titles that you hear and you just go, 
that's a straight to TV Channel Five movie on a Saturday afternoon. And there's some channel, there's yeah. some t- titles that you hear and you go, "Oh my god, that's awesome. that's amazing." And Snakes on the Plane mm. was Samuel L. Jackson saw the title and went, "I'm going to be in that film" before he even read the <laughs> script. <laughs> 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 and, and, and the film became so big that there were all these online forums, and these were this was days before Facebook. Wait, so, it was an Avengers prequel, right? Snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but honestly, so in the days before Facebook and most of the social media that we know now, I think maybe MySpace was around at that time. There were all these forums, and people started talking yeah. about all the things they wanted to see in the film. And the, like, right, the, right. like for instance, Samuel Jackson's line in the film is, "I'm sick of this mother." snakes on this yeah. mother plane <laughs> and, and that was a that was a line that there was a poll that said i want to hear samuel L. jackson say this line and so they started uh, so they started putting all these things into the film life. that people had been yeah. talking about before the film actually released and then they released mm. the film and the film bombed so all the people uh, all the people who had been saying i want to see this i want to see this i want to see this did not go to see the film uh, <laughs> And yeah, and there's an argument that the last Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker, suffered from the same thing, yeah. and, uh, which means that you ended up with with, which means I ended up you ended up without a whole. There, there was essentially a whole ecosystem that needed to be there for this yeah. thing to flourish, and they didn't because they were just shoving in things that they thought fans wanted to see. That's my my, my personal it, thing, it, it. and it meant that it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't quite work. But anyway, let's move on to um. Let's move on to something else because I promised you half an hour and I just I want to make sure that we, we don't end up going over too much. No problem, yeah. Also, podcast yeah. is getting too long. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> so um, why do you love going to the cinema? As in, what do, why do you think cinema is a thing? Obviously, everyone is going to say the word experience mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be any different. For me, um, right now, at this stage of my life, it's about my kids. It's about spending special time together. And it's so much more memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting in front of the TV is not the same. Um, it's It becomes an event. You go somewhere, you don't have to try too hard, you enjoy it, and you can go catch a, you know, a, a meal afterwards. And I don't know, it just sticks in the mind better and you get more out of it. So I, I don't think there's a more beautiful way of putting it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not very eloquent when it comes to this, but <laughs> it's just the experience. Okay, so with that, you were talking about making a day of it. Compared to mm. taking them to a film, to taking them to like you know a theater production or something like that, would you put those on the same level, or is there a difference? Ah, good question. Theater production. I, I this may be controversial, but I'm not the biggest fan of theater. Okay. Because I actually get distracted by the fact that there are real people on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I start wondering about how are they standing there that long or, you know, don't they get bored doing this every night? And I, start, <laughs> I, I can't unthink that they're there. <laughs> Whereas with a film, I know, yep, they should, it's a movie. We can switch off reality and enjoy the movie for what it is. <laughs> so for you, it's all about the escapism and theater is just too real. It's, it's too, yeah, it's too it's in too my real. life. <laughs> yeah. it's still in my face you know it's unpredictable something could go wrong 
I did, didn't didn't the ceiling collapse or something in some theatre production? Well, that could happen at a cinema as well. Yeah, 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 that that has happened. That has happened in, in some places. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like, oh, all right, cool, good stuff, good stuff. And now, now, what are you most looking forward to seeing when cinemas reopen? Um, I think I may have alluded to this before, but um, now I'm on this superhero train ride. Yeah. I don't think I can not watch what's in store. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of sequels in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2. I am gagging to find out what happens next. Yeah. Uh, I'm also cautious because I don't know how it's going to look in a post-Stark world um, <laughs> for that genre in particular. Okay. But I still think there's a uh, lot for, of excitement. For, for anybody who come. hasn't watched Avengers Endgame now and you just heard that, it is you, you have yourself to blame. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, what are you doing on a podcast about <laughs> film? <laughs> like, go go to the theatre or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my new insult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're interested to see what happens um, post-Endgame in a post-Endgame world. Yeah, I, I I have a challenge. I don't think, so this is a challenge, and I want to be proved wrong. I don't think the Marvel Cinematic Universe can do better than their first phase. Yep. Um, it's going to be very hard to live up to. And and th- I'm therefore setting my expectations appropriately. Um, but I am positive that they will still continue in the same epic storylines and fun movies to watch. I think we touched on this a few weeks ago when we had a casual chat. Yep. I just found the Marvel movies so much more fun to watch than other superhero movies mm-hmm. you know if you look at thor ragnarok in the opening scene thor is spinning around and <laughs> it's supposed to be a scary moment and then he he turns into comedy and you know we're intelligent people <laughs> we get that he's in a precarious situation but we can see the funny side of it um and i, I love moments like that where the filmmakers treat the audience with some respect and say look you know, we can have a f- laugh about it as well as tell the story. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would agree with you on that. I mean, as I was saying, uh, talking about being a Marvel fanboy, I mean, I've been a comic book fanboy my whole, my well, not my whole life, but for a long time. And yeah. and also always seeing like, you know, the difference because the big comic book houses have always been Marvel and DC and seeing the way yes. that they've come up with. And, the, the, and I always thought quite frankly, that the Marvel comic books, because they always had that human element, as I was saying earlier, they lent mm. themselves more to a good storyline or a good film or good yes. characters. They lent themselves a lot more to it. The DC... Yeah. The DC sort of like... Um, uh, DC characters. seems wooden. Yeah, exactly. They, they were. I think they were always meant to be like archetypes as opposed to real people. Yeah. They were meant to be yes. like, you know, sort of like iconic, sort of like Superman standing there with his chest out and the S and the sun shining behind him. Mm. That is like, you mm. know, an archetype or an ideal or something, but it's not necessarily a person. And yes. th- and they have, they've started, they've started doing more stuff to sort of like, go, okay, what the hell is it like to actually be somebody like Superman? To be surrounded by yeah. everybody who is, who is so much less powerful than you, but still you don't take advantage of it. What kind of mentality means that you are, you are that kind of person. They started doing more of that, but I don't think when Superman was first created, that wasn't at the heart of it. Um, Mm. I think because he was created, Oh, I think in the thirties. And I think, I think the world was different for what they needed. Then most of the Marvel things, I think were created more towards the seventies. And by then they had started, but I think, I think it lends itself to more. So I, I agree with you that 
going forward, going forward, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they never, yeah. they never lose sight of the people at the heart of the films in the Marvel movies, which is yes. something that I think makes them work. And yeah. when I was just talking about, you know, you're saying about people getting to decide what they, uh, people getting to decide what they see on screen and how it's been done yes. really badly in something like, or oh, Snakes of the Plane kind of shot themselves in the mm -hmm. foot with it. Um, I think The Rise of Skywalker, I don't know, and they won't say it. They will, they will not come out and say, yeah, we listened to the fans and then we decided to change a whole bunch of things from where things were going in The Last Jedi, which I think was a good direction. Mm -hmm. But uh, right, yeah, I know they won't come out and say, but I think that that's what happened. And uh, but in Endgame, you could find that there were bits where there were things that fans had been yelling about for years, but mm. they did not put them in a film until it made sense from a story point of view to put it in a film. Right, right. And well, that, well, can you give me an example? Um, Captain America and Mjolnir. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, what a great moment. <laughs> exactly. That. A great moment when the audience cheered. Yeah. Like, you'll never get that sitting in your living room. Yeah, exactly. You see, like, everybody says that. Everybody says that. And But personally, that was a moment that I I personally, when I first saw it, didn't like. But it's yeah. but but they, but they it's a moment that, and I've heard like, the screenwriters talking about it, and they would ask themselves, is this just fan service or does this make sense for the story? And they were like, it makes yeah. sense. They were like, you know what? It makes sense for the story, number one. And number two, it is fan service. And as long as it makes yeah. sense for the story, it's worth it. So it's, yeah. so, so things like that. And it's, uh, but I agree with you. Um, I, I mean, when, when I asked that question on the podcast as to what are the things that I'm most looking forward to, it was the Marvel slate. I want to see, I want to see how Marvel handled things post Endgame. I have I, yes. I trust these guys because I feel like there have been many moments where they could have made a bad decision and they could have destroyed yeah. the whole thing and they instead I'm like yeah. oh no they made the right decision I agree with that yes carry on Kevin Feige <laughs> these these guys have coloured my last decade you yeah. know among amongst the humdrum of normal life yeah. they've added so much interest and colour and you know dreams to 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 what's been going on so yeah I agree it'll be fascinating to see what happens. <laughs> All right. Okay. So finally, I just okay because okay. Well, well, finally, let's end on the superhero note. You, oh yeah, you sent me a message, and while we we're talking about prepping for this interview and all, and you said yes. something about how you couldn't believe that the, the okay, paraphrasing that there was a time when Batman was it for you, and you couldn't believe yes. that something had happened to shift Batman off that pedestal yes, and replace him with exactly. a whole bunch of. So yeah, tell tell me a little bit about that. So growing up, Marvel was quieter, I found, in the mainstream sort of media. It was always DC. It was always Batman, Superman. And I had a much stronger affinity for Batman. I, I loved the gadgets. I loved his quiet composure, the way he thought through stuff. And, you know, as a kid, you're always looking for role models, like I said, and an identity. And I thought, okay, here's a, here's a, a smart guy who does the right thing. And I thought that was how you had to be. And then suddenly... Iron Man popped on the big screen and I was like, oh my God, you can do the right thing and have fun and make mistakes. <laughs> and suddenly you think, okay, you don't have to be this perfect person. Uh, you can come into life with all your vulnerabilities, insecurities and do the best you can and be honest with who you are. I mean, that was a breath of fresh air that you, and that actually parallels so much of our lives that we try and be someone we're not or all aspects of our life don't align. Yeah. But actually, Iron Man is a great role model. He is not afraid to show who he is, what he cares about, and he's not hiding behind anything. And 
if all of us live more authentic lives as a result of learning from the big screen, then, you know, great. And you thought you were just watching a man in an iron suit punch people. Look at there that. Is so much, every time I watch a movie with my kids, my kids now ask me, uh, they say, Upper, Upper's dad in Sri Lanka, in Tamil. They go, Upper, yeah. what's the lesson from this movie? And I'm like, Oh, what do you think? So we try and pick out something from each movie we watch Seriously? To, to carry forth. Yeah. So they actually so, you ask know, you what's the lesson from the film? Yeah. Oh, oh no! You're going to set me off on a whole other track now. Okay, what? <laughs> uh, I, I want to know what film, what film was totally irredeemable that you watched with them, where you were thinking there is absolutely no lesson we can take from this whatsoever. <laughs> the lesson, kids, is don't watch bad films. <laughs> Last night we watched Megamind. A oh bit yeah, of a stretch. A bit of a stretch in terms of a lesson, because it's in a nutshell, it's about two kids that grow up, both superheroes. One's a bad guy, one's a good guy. Yeah. And the bad, they grow up battling each other forever. And then the good guy decides he's had enough. He's bored of this life and disappears. And the bad guy suddenly like Megamind. He's like, what do I do now? There's no bad. There's no good guys to fight. So yeah. he creates a bad, a good guy to fight. And then he goes rogue. And then he realizes that he has to become nice to save the world. He, he has uh, to become the good guy because the good guy he yeah. created has now become the bad guy. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, and I said to the guys, it, it just means that you don't have to stick to what you've always done to. You can always adapt. And if you need to change the plan, you can. And he teams up with other people. And I said, look, you know, sometimes you have to work together as well. So even in that movie, there was a lesson there hidden and they understood it. And, you know, this is how I kid myself. We can watch more movies together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's parenting by proxy. If, if some good comes out of all these these years of watching movies together and you know i my some of my morals came from movies so in a weird way i guess i'm just passing that on to them yeah that there's something to be learned from everything yeah all right cool as i say with almost everybody that we've in that we've interviewed so far i'm like i think we're gonna have to get you back for for another for another <laughs> another run uh, because i really want to sure. dig into this and now I, i've you, you know you've made me think that i've got to come around and do like uncle tosin's moral movie night i'm gonna pick for <laughs> moral movie night yes do you remember now our ancestors in the caves you know they oh, yeah. passed on stuff stories story stories around the campfire right? like we actually had a tv yeah. show in nigeria called tales by moonlight and it was all about yeah. that it was about an auntie sitting down and telling stories to a whole bunch of kids outside the village huts Man, they should bring that show back. <laughs> yeah, and this time hopefully they finish the storyline. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> actually, actually, wait. Come to think of, yeah. Essentially, the, the TV schedules in Nigeria were all over the shop, so you never knew where you were coming into a TV show or anything. And it it was, yeah. So there are very few things that I got to see the end of the storyline for. The worst was a TV show called Thunder Sub. It was it was originally right. a Japanese cartoon which was dubbed into English, and yeah. Nobody in Nigeria ever saw what we thought was the final episode. They would always, oh. you would go through this whole thing, you would figure it out, you piece it together, and you'd get, and then you had this one where you had the good guys in space going against the bad guy battleship. And every episode of, every episode of Thunderstorm ended up with the lines to be continued. And then they, they yeah. square up to each other, and this is the whole thing that you've been building up to for a year. It says to be continued. And then you tune in the next yeah. day, well, let's see the big fight. And then it goes back to episode one. And this happened, oh. <laughs> and oh, nobody no. that I know has ever seen the final episode. And I've been searching oh, for my... this thing for years. Don't know how it ended. Don't know how Thunderstorm <laughs> ended. 
<laughs> okay, maybe I'll uh, I'll try and find out. For you <laughs> thank, thank you very much. Thank you. As you. You might you might hear the pain in my voice, but <laughs> you might hear the pain in my voice. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. That'll be that'll be much appreciated. If you can find out how fun. <laughs> Half Thunder Sub ended in the English dub because the Japanese dub is there and it was called something different. But the storyline changes because obviously in, on American kids TV, you can have people get killed. But Japanese kids TV seems to have no problem with it. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Arun, thank you so much for coming on. Um, a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Until the next time. Until the next time. And when we're allowed to get back into cinemas, we, let's see whether we can get some Marvel. Sounds great, mate. Sounds great. And thanks for listening to me and, and, and enjoying my therapy session. Uh, hey, hey, it's what we're here for. It is what we're here for. Now that there's no cinemas out there, we need to get through this thing together. Together, exactly. <laughs> All right, thanks, Listen, Thank you again. Thank you for inviting me. Take care. Bye. Once again, thank you, Arun, for being on the show. So, Sean, Sharon, what did you think of what Arun had to say? Yeah, I like. Um, he, he likes his uh, superhero stuff. Yeah, I mean, he does like a, a superhero stuff. Yeah, uh, and and of course, that's of course that's right on my street when you're talking about the comics and things as well. You know, because another thing I was thinking of is you've got like Marvel DC in Marvel, they're actual places, so like New York, San Francisco. Whereas yep. in the DC, you've got like Gotham and Metropolis. And, yep, and so they're d- different names as well of cities. You know, they're they're sort of made up cities. So, and I think you nailed it when you said that they're just like just straight superheroes really that do good things it's pretty much you know yeah. good and bad black and white whereas yeah, they, Marvel, they're, just, they're just kind of like archetypes yeah yeah archetypes so yeah so i mean that was really interesting and uh um yeah he sounds he sounds sounds a really really educated man actually, <laughs> to be fair. he sounds very very educated Hey, well, well, let's say uh, he, he is an orthopedic surgeon. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> he's a, he's well, a, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll say he's an orthopedic surgeon who models himself after Tony Stark. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see why they would appeal. Why, why those movies would appeal? Because yeah. he did mention Iron Man, didn't he? Yeah, he, 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 he mentioned Iron a couple, Man a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned a couple Iron of Man. times. Yeah, about... yeah, uh, uh, that was. Uh, I, it, it was a theme where I, I actually, I think for him. It was always Batman, and I think it's you might see, you might get you might get a little bit about the kind of person a rune is because you see that the people who he were who he identified with was Batman, and then Batman was usurped by Iron Man, and these are all multi-billionaire sort of playboy type <laughs> people <laughs> who who have a side who have a side business in doing good. So it's, so it, it tells you a little bit about who a rude is. And but, but I think that what, one of the funny things that he said that I thought was quite funny was when he talked about the fact that it, when Iron Man came on Iron Man sort of pushed Batman out of his out of his uh, reckoning yeah. as the number one superhero, which he never thought would happen. And it was because it was a superhero who actually enjoyed being a superhero. Which seems to tell a lot about the Marvel world and why the Marvel world, I think, has been so successful is there's a sense of joy about it. There's a sense of, oh, my God, yeah, this is fun. And as opposed to, no, you're a superhero and everything is dark and people are terrible and you have to be even more terrible (laughs) to beat the terrible people who are there on the streets (laughs) and all that. So anyway, Sharon, you, I thought you had something. Yes, he uh, yeah certainly picked up that he he likes his superhero films. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean I, I have to. My confession is I haven't seen any of the Iron Man films. I've seen all of the Avengers films and a couple of the side shoots of the 
the Marvel universe, but I haven't seen them all by any means. So yeah, it's interesting to hear how someone who's obviously grown up and developed this sort of passion for a particular genre and how how they've allowed that to evolve in time. Because I know some people who have an enthusiasm for anything, they're quite jealous of that and they don't want it to to actually grow up and change. And the fact that he's accepted that how he perceives these things and how the characters have matured and how he's matured with them and how he's responded to that and he's accepted these other other entries into his, his sort of fandom is, is really good, I think. Because it shows that you are prepared to to grow with it, that some people, they hold on to this passion, don't they, with both hands and they don't want anything to... To sully it. Intrude on that or to yeah. become in, come into that. The fact that he's been able to say, okay, actually, I, I release Batman... <laughs> and I embrace something new is I think it's really it's really it, good it's, I, I just like that yeah I, I think it's funny you say that because there is something about um there's it's something that I've said about the MCU for a long time and I think Sean I might have told you this before but I like every time there, w- there was a period where by the time Marvel got to the Avengers I think Avengers was really when you thought okay these guys are cooking with gas and then it, the, yeah. almost every other film that started that that came on after that, because it, it happens with the comics. The comics always build this world, and they build this thing, and they raise the stakes, and they raise the stakes, and they raise the stakes, and then it gets to a point where it just becomes so unwieldy, it becomes so stupid, it sort of like falls down under the weight of its own thing, and then the the only thing that they can do is burn it all down and start again. And th- so every yeah. like probably two decades or so, they reboot the entire comic universe. They just restart, yeah. yeah. And there's and they can't accept that people learn from anything that these experiences they've gone through because they become complicated when they start off with this sort of pure. They're like young actors often, and they start off with this sort of upright, straightforward vision. There is it's all absolutes. This is yeah. our vision. This is right. This is wrong. It's there's no deviating from that. And then they go through all these horrible experiences, and they don't want that character to change. They don't want them yeah. to respond to any of their experiences. Yeah, yeah, I, they want to be exactly the same characters they were in the first film. Yeah, yeah and this and that's that's the that. thing. That's the thing that comes. At, well, I've been talking about the comics, and the comics always got unwieldy. And so in the films, I was I always used to watch all the Marvel movies scared for the moment when they would become unwieldy. I would watch them, and I'll be like, yes. okay. I remember I remember walk, going to Doctor Strange, and I was thinking, oh, this might be the moment. This might be the moment where they mess it up. And I came out of going, oh my god, they didn't mess it up. <laughs> and I, would, I would go, <laughs> went into Captain America Civil. Civil War going, yeah. this might be the moment where they mess it up. Like, oh, they, and I remember coming out of, it was either Winter Soldier or Civil War. And I remember the thought in my head was, uh, talking about, you know, holding onto things tightly from like your childhood. Uh, but, but the thought in my head was, oh my God, these guys, they're looking after my childhood. They're not messing it up. But they're allowing it to grow as well. I mean, one of the characters I think, or particularly, is like Thor. Oh, when yeah. you see Thor in the first Thor film, he is a cartoon character, isn't he? He's the <laughs> perfect specimen of manhood. He's got the, the hairs perfect. Yeah, he's a buffoon, his, yeah. Life is seemingly, and it's all just there. And then when you see him, the last time you met him, you know, he's put on weight, he's got the beard, he's just, his world fell apart. Yeah. And you can see that in that character. Yeah. That his world fell apart. So the biggest thing yeah. in his life is not going to be his weight. And it's not going to be, he's lost everything. Yeah. <laughs> and he holds himself I, responsible for lots of things. So it shows in that character that he has been allowed to mature and to fall apart. <laughs> yeah, have you, have, have you come to fix? I love that bit. Have you come to fix the? Have you? Oh, you come to fix the cable? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a bit, yeah. 
A4 there. Yeah. That young kid, what a super kid, he's giving me grief on the. His life has come down to that. He's drinking, he's eating, and he's just playing games with his mate. He's got no purpose. But he, where he, to get to there, to where he started off, that's to me, yeah. in a cinema universe, is extraordinary. Yeah. You just don't yeah. see that, do you, in cinema? Yeah. And, and I think oh, one of the things that Arun said that I, I loved was how... He, he gets a lot of his morals from those things. Like, and, and when he said that, yeah. knowing him as I do, I was like, oh, all of a sudden he makes a lot more sense. But, but he gets a lot of, And I love the fact where he talks about whenever he watches one of these things with his kids, it's always like, it's like, I think he called this surrogate parenting. He was kind of like, right, so what is the moral, <laughs> yeah. the moral, what's the moral that we got from yeah. this today, kids? <laughs> and they're like, That's oh. amazing. I think... <laughs> Don't try and snap half the world out of existence. That's it, son. That's right, son. <laughs> Don't ever try and snap half the world out of existence. We used to do those sort of things at Sunday school where we'd ask the children, you know, what is this about? And they'd look at you and they'd go, Jesus. And you think, <laughs> so his children are probably thinking, you know, and then I've got this answer here somewhere. <laughs> if it's Sunday school, they just say, oh, it's got, it's got, I don't know what the answer is, but let's just say Jesus. It, it's got to be Jesus. It's got to be Jesus. But I get yeah. the feeling that they're, say, that they're saying, you know, what's the moral in this? You know, Good guys win. <laughs> <I'll> do. <laughs> oh, no, 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 but but it, it is funny. It, 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 yeah, that's, yeah. it did make me think. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. when I, when I have kids, I've got to use that. Okay, it's like you're gonna watch all the films that I agree with. There you go. Watch the Blues Brothers. Ignore the bits where they swear yeah. because I never realized they swore in this film until I was. 17 even though i watched the film my whole life <laughs> i never noticed that I thought, I thought it was a family film never noticed any of the swear words <laughs> it's like uh, um I'd, oh yeah one final thing as when he talks about the first film he went to cinema to see in the cinema and he says that he thinks it could that he was probably a tamil film a tamil film then it was and this goes back and, three hours long <laughs> yes Yes. Yeah, three hours long. As they do, as they do in that part of the world. It's sort of like, the Tamil Lawrence of Arabia or it, something. It's like, yes, like Sri movies, Sri Lankan movies. No, you know, you see, now that's the thing. A three-hour movie in Bollywood, for instance, that isn't even Lawrence of Arabia. That is just normal. Yeah. <laughs> they, I guess I guess Tamil films are similar to the Bollywood films. Are they? I, I think that they would come, they, they would have similarities, yes. They would have similarities. They, they, because Bollywood, I think it, Bollywood was the big cinema, um, so Bollywood was the big cinema machine in that area that sort of determined what a lot of the cinema around it ended up looking like. Uh, the right. same way that like Hollywood ends up determining what a lot of cinema even in europe looks like mm. and the same way like uh, for better or worse nollywood determined what a lot of west african cinema looked like so <laughs> <laughs> and it's um so so yeah but when he talks about that and i think it's it's this is the bit of the show and this is the bit of the show i think where we've we've relegated our sort of you know uh uh, amateur philosophical musings too as to what is the nature of cinema why the silver screen <laughs> but this is the I, I think um just the idea that cinema became this thing for a community that could feel misplaced in a place like london so you have all these uh, you have all these people the tamil they come around this is where they can have their language and they can come around something that is a film that represents their culture back to them and when when he's describing everybody coming around and like you know the whole community and everything 
for me, that is, and I might, I might be romanticizing the hell out of it, but for me, that is just a beautiful, beautiful thing that cinema can provide, where a whole bunch of people can come together. And I think recently it's been coming to a, a, lot, a home a lot more to me, where um, being coming from a country that was colonized by another country, how it was stupid that we got to the point where we started seeing our own language as less than the language of the people who colonized us. So people would actually be like, you know, people would be like, oh no, you shouldn't learn, you shouldn't learn that language. This language will get you further in life. And the, the idea that there's still a place where you can come together, you can have a film with all of its cheesiness, with all of its over-the-topness, with all of its three-hours-ness, and have that language that everybody can get come together. I'm like, yes, thank you. Power of cinema, quite excellently done. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think and, and on, that, on, that, I will, on that soapbox, I will stop talking and let someone else say something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can't top that. So I'll change the subject slightly to say about his first Western experience of cinema in, in Gladiator. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, mm. yeah I, I think sometimes if you have a film that that's sort of powerful, has that impact on you, then it does change the way you see cinema. And I think what he says that was like a sort of turning point, wasn't it, when he was at university and money was tight, but you, know, you didn't necessarily think, let's blow my budget on going to the cinema. But a film like that, you think sometimes a cinema experience can change the way you experience film. Yeah. Um, well, fundamentally, the way you can say, actually, I, I, I couldn't have missed that, uh, that experience. It would have been a completely different experience of the film had I not seen it in that way. And I think every yeah. now and then you get a film like that where you think you had to see here, see that <laughs> in this format, Definitely. you had to be here to see that. You know, and it's like, it comes back to like, like, you know, with me seeing The Warlord, I think it had such an impact on me, even being incredibly, incredibly young, that that's probably what stirred my love of the cinema, I should think, you know. So. And the Definitely. music, the music was part of it, where you have oh. that surround of the sound of... Oh, yeah, I did, in, I did. In Gladiator, it, 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 it has an impact as well, doesn't it, that, yeah. which you can't replicate. It's quite funny, in, in the opening shot of Gladiator, I think I mentioned this before anyway, but when they're fighting in the Herkton Forest against the Germanic tribes, yep. there's actually, they use, they use the chants from the film Zulu in that. So you actually listen, and it wasn't until I, I sort of read about it, I thought, yeah, and I listened. So you have watched the beginning where they're in the, the forest and the old Germans, yeah. and it's a, and it's from, it's from Zulu. And, and it actually says, it actually says, is it Cameron that made it? It says, um, no, yeah, it's I did, um, I Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Scott, Scott yeah. Yeah, I know, it's yeah. similar, similar. <laughs> I <can be> <laughs> Uh, yeah, they do. I, I I don't know which one. I mean, I think, yeah, Alien, Aliens, whatever. But anyway, so yeah, so music definitely makes a difference. And that is, it's really funny you were saying about that, Sham, because you know, I just mentioned The Warlord. I actually played that today on the computer in the room I was working in. I, just the start of it, it goes, do, 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 do. I just thought, oh, this is brilliant. I had that really loud. In your back, yeah. And then... <laughs> And it was, but I mean, because no one was about, you know, there was no one around. So, but then there was someone said, "Oh, that's really loud." <laughs> I put on, after that, I put on, um, I put on "Ecstasy of Gold" with the, you know, like, and it's like with the big opera singers, and, and I had the windows open, and I forgot, and someone said, "That's really loud. They can hear it over the other side in Morrison's." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know, now this is this is the kind of thing that makes me wish that. This is probably our way, our way of getting around not having the rights for all this music. Just have Sean recreate it. Just have Sean, yeah. 
Sean, good, quick, do a thermon. Yes. Do. Midden <laughs> 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 planet. What else? Yeah, that was in, that's for you, said, didn't it? <laughs> I got one here. I could make up one with electrical thing. Can I? Oh, that's a theremin, yeah. Theremin, yeah. Theremin. I think I think it's what they use for the Star Trek theme tune. The yeah, that's right. I think, uh, and I think the Beach Boys used it a lot, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it does. It does sound very Beach Boysy. All right, that's, cool. Yeah. So, um, so once again, thank you very much, Arun, for coming on the show. Thank you very much for letting us interrogate you and letting us talk about your things. Awesome, awesome stuff. And um, now we get onto the thorny, thorny question of what do we think he looks like based on his voice, or what do you guys think he looks like based on his voice? So, what do you think a very mm. sort of like highly educated person who models himself on Tony Stark <laughs> would look like? Okay, for me, fairly tall, six foot, maybe six foot ish, six foot one, maybe quite tall, quite lithe and um, athletic, I guess. Okay. Uh, so, short hair, probably clean shaven. Yeah, I would think. I would think somewhere round about that, maybe a little bit square jawed. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Sharon. I had him more of a, uh, and obviously I don't know, have got many sort of Tamil friends. So uh, obviously bearing in mind to their city, I would say obviously sort of black hair, but yeah, I'd have it sort of cropped short, clean saver. But I was having more of a, a slim, compact build. I was doing more like five, seven, five, eight, quite slim, just neat looking. I imagine him that he'd be quite tidy in his appearance and quite tidy in his mannerisms. I think he yeah. sounds quite controlled, doesn't he? He's very thoughtful about stuff. He's a surgeon. So to me, it sounds like he would be quite controlled and therefore quite tidy. So um, that can be the opposite, opposite of some people because everyone thinks I'm very tidy when in fact I'm incredibly untidy. <laughs> oh, so you Lord. can't get a lot. But you, okay. So maybe he isn't short. No, 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 tidy, no, no, no. Yeah, Not be, short, but you I know. you must be close, just, Sharon. Uh, honestly, honestly, this this is absolutely uncanny. <laughs> this is absolutely <laughs> uncanny. You guys are pretty much nailing him. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you're pretty, you're pretty much nailing him. Uh, oh wow, it's so it's so crazy that because when you talk about the tidiness thing, right? That was actually a big thing for us when we shared a room in our first year at uni. Was the fact that his side of the room was always always immaculate, <laughs> and my side of the room always looked like a bomb had hit. It <laughs> so much so that he was kind of like, dude, dude, why is it like that? I was like, what, what are you talking about? And it's a thing that till today we still we still talk about. And I think it's 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 funny that you say that. And the, and the fact that Sean, you said the clean shaven thing. Oh my god! I, one of the things that we still talk about till today. What we still talk about today is that I remember what. What I think about Arun, it's about us being in a in a in a house in the first year. And okay, people listening to this will not see this, but you guys will see it on the on the Zoom call. And it's it's that it's just walking out. It's it's walking out of walking out of our room, and he was walking out of the so like shared bathroom that we had in halls at that time. And Arun just coming out, and just sort of going like this, going rubbing his chin. Going, <laughs> yeah. The and, perfect and, shave. Yeah, and, and it, 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 essentially rubbing his chin for like the perfect shave. And I'm sure he never said this, but in my head, in my head, and this is the way I will always remember it, even though it probably never happened, he went, smooth. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like yeah, that. so I'll, I'll let him know that he has cultivated an image in which his voice sounds exactly like it. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that is uncanny. That is absolutely uncanny. I'm sorry. That, that is, that, that's like my favorite one we've done so far because I'm like, good Lord, you guys nailed him. <laughs> All right. It may not happen again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it may not happen again. It may not, but I, I couldn't even wait a week. I just have to, I have to tell you guys now that this, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> it's absolutely blowing my mind. All right, cool. Until next week, when I might actually have finished watching Knots and Crosses. And let's see, I think there's two things I'm trying to watch at the moment that I want to f- feed back on. I want to feed back on Knots and Crosses. And I've been, I've been delving into Apple TV+. Plus. So this is Apple, Ooh, okay. yeah, so this is Apple's streaming service that is like a rival. It was supposed to be like a rival to Netflix and Disney Plus and all this sort of stuff. I've been watching a show called The Morning Show, which was their big the big show and i have to finish watching the season and then i'll then i can i can review that but i've been delving into apple tv plus and all that and is there anything else you guys want to say before we leave um no 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 not really all right hopefully i'll hopefully i'll start getting back into watching things no, so sh- see a few bits of sean all i ask is that when you start building that cinema screen in the backyard you just take pictures of the stage build by build and you let us see <laughs> and you let us see them yeah. that, that's all i ask if you do nothing in the next week but build that backyard cinema <laughs> that sunken uh, organ pit so it can rise yeah. up with a flourish uh, right right and the curtains cool. come back, we'll... rise out of the flower bed amongst the geraniums yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like captain nemo at the in the nautilus that sort of yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if that, or like or like the thing off of monty python <laughs> now for something completely different <laughs> yeah if that's sure if that's all you do in the next week you would have done more than you would have achieved more that I can hope to achieve in the yeah. next week. So, ah. <laughs> so until until such time as that, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye and from a me. Goodbye from a goodbye from me. <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye.